now it is time to hear the word of God. Um, scripture is so precious to uh, the people of God that in some church traditions, they will actually take the Bible, take their copy of the scriptures, and they will kiss it to physically, tangibly demonstrate their love. I won't kiss this Bible because it belongs to Gus. And we're not trying to share germs like that, especially right now. Um, so uh, I am excited to hear from Gus. Gus um, is um, a human being that is a lot of fun to be around. You always get into an interesting conversation with Gus. Um, I know Gus as a passionate disciple of Jesus Christ and a passionate student of God's word. Um, so we are in for a treat today. Um, I, we also know him in our church and in our neighborhood have come to know Gus as someone who has said yes to God's call um, to love those who are farthest on the margins in our community, those who are living outside. And uh, even as he's transitioned out of uh, doing that work with Home PDX, the Holy Spirit is also brewing something up for what's going to happen here on the land of the Clackamas people. Um, so I am going to step away from here and mask up, and Gus is going to get on here. So let's get our best Zoom clap on and welcome up our brother Gus. Good morning, everyone. Um, all right. So you're going to be... I. I usually pull my my text from the lectionary um, this week, the uh, and I use a, a, a Catholic lectionary uh, uh, book that as kind of a starting place to focus on the text. Um, so the text in the the Catholic lectionary it's different if you're in the uh, uh, other lectionaries uh, is. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. Um, and just first, I'd like to pray before we start. Dear Jesus, pray that you would, you would give me the words, the, the clarity of thought and speech, just as I, as I share uh, uh, what, what I've seen in this text today. Um, pray that you would guide me, that, that yeah, that it would be helpful to other people um, as they listen. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> All right, so we're looking at Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So I, I want to start out laying a little bit of a groundwork for where I think we're going to go today. Um, I, I think that if you guys can remember all the way back a week ago, I, I think 
Andrea uh, set this up in a way that is going to work really, really nicely uh, with how I'm going to be talking about this text. Um, so one of the things that she talked about was how sometimes, whether we mean to or not, we end up stripping a text of its context. Like, what, what's the parts that aren't being said in this text? What's the setting? Who are the players involved? Like, what is the conversation that's happening around the conversation? Um, another thing that she talked about was how uh, the conversation that Jesus is having is one that is happening with Jews, between Jews, like everybody's Jewish in this conversation, that, that there isn't a, <laughs> there isn't a non-Jewish perspective that's being shared. And that's a different conversation than when everyone's coming from a very different perspective. Like if you've ever done any interfaith work, like it's a very different perspective than when everyone comes with a shared, you know, certain set of uh, standards or beliefs or values like that, that goes a long way to kind of getting the conversation started. And I'm going to suggest that as we have this particular conversation, that, that we do something similar, like it's not exactly the same. But I'm going to suggest that we don't do this hand wavy thing where we wash our hands of all of the people who disagree with us about what scripture is about, that, that we allow those who have claimed to be Christians to be counted as Christians. This is going to include some very unsavory characters. Like, this is going to include... You know, the Inquisition, this is going to include colonialism, this is going to include people who committed genocide in the name of Jesus. But I think the reason that it's important to do that is because it's, it's honest. It allows us to not say, oh, those folks aren't real Christians. They, they believe something that is different, but instead, it's taking ownership of the tradition that we come from with all of its, you know, warts and all. <clears throat> and I think, all right, so with that as kind of a framework for where we're going, uh, it's also worth saying that this is a text that's been used to justify colonialism like churches, uh, uh, you think about all of the churches through, or all of the cities throughout California is a really great example. They're all named after Spanish missions. Um, if you read the history of these Spanish missions, the, the things that were done to indigenous people to establish those missions as a way of creating kind of uh, outposts for the Spanish empire, um, it's pretty gross. And the United States later had similar projects. The, the, the Whitman mission, the, uh, uh, yeah, just throughout, throughout our history, the history particularly of North America 
is one of the church saying, oh, we're going to all nations. We're going to all people. We are, you know, going to bring them good news. And with this good news comes the seizure of their land, the, uh, yeah, and the annihilation of their people and way of life. So that's the context that I'm wanting to look at this text on. The go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But here's, here's the part where I'm going to try and diverge a little. Like with that in one hand and recognizing that that's part of our tradition. That's part of who we are. Like that's the part of the family that no one wants to talk about or acknowledge that's in the family tree. That's, that's a real deal. But then I, I think it's worth reading the actual text and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Uh, we, we have this relationship to commands. Um, we think of it as kind of the way you talk to an obstinate dog or, you know, sometimes, sometimes small children. Not that any of us would do that. Um, it's, it's, it's a way, it's, it's about command and control. It's about how we subjugate others. It's about how we make them do what we want or what we think is best, or sometimes just what's best for us. Instead, uh, <clears throat> let's see. Clarence Jordan, who's a New Testament, uh, uh, he, he was a scholar in New Testament Greek. Um, he did a translation of the New Testament uh, where he re- he replaces the New Testament into the Deep South and then translates the text into a Southern vernacular. Um, I really like his book. It's, it's got some warts of its own, but uh, the way he uh, uh, translates this particular section, he says, teach them to live by all I have outlined for you which sounds a little different than teach them all that I've commanded. Like that sounds different to our ears. And so instead of doing this thing where we, we say, oh, this is a command, like what has Jesus outlined for us? Um, and so I'm, I'm not going to do this as a rhetorical thing. Uh, the Gospels in particular are kind of like a serial um, as opposed to an episodic TV show. Um, episodic TV shows are those ones where you can catch an episode here or there. There's not a huge overarching plot for a season, but it's, you know, like I can watch one episode of Star Trek. I know what's going on. Like it's fairly straightforward. If I catch the whole season, like sure, there might be an arc, but for the most part, each episode stands alone. An episode or a show the, the one I'm going to pick, which is going to date me terribly, um, The Wire. Um, I love The Wire. You can't watch, like, season three, episode four of The Wire. Like, it just doesn't work. Like, each episode builds on the last. 
season after season, you have these large arcs that are building. And what happens is, uh, I, I saw a few people, you know, give the zoom clamp at the mention of the wire. So they're going to get this reference and the rest of you are going to be confused, which is part of my point. There's a character named Omar. And if somebody says Omar coming, like everybody who's seen the show knows what I'm talking about. There's, there's a, this, this is a serial and the, the text that has come before informs how we read the text that we're reading. So with, with that, I'm going to flip over, going to stick in Matthew because Matthew is writing a coherent story all his own. Like we don't have to even jump over to another, uh, gospel. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump to Matthew five twenty one, And I, I, I zipped over to the Sermon on the Mount and I just started reading a few things. Like it's, it's full of Jesus telling us to do this, that, or the other thing. And so it seemed like a good place to start. Um, you have heard it said to those in ancient times, you shall not murder, but whoever murders shall be liable to judgment. But I say to you that if you are angry with a brother or sister, you will be liable to judgment. And if you insult a brother or sister, you will be liable to the council. And if you say you fool, you will be liable to hellfire. So when you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift, therefore, <clears throat> before, the, uh, all, uh, before the altar, and go first and be reconciled to your brother or sister. And then come and offer your gift. Next, I'm going to look at, just going to keep bopping along and jump from passage to passage here. Uh, next, I'm looking at Matthew 5. 43. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may all that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. And last, I, I wanted to just a short one. Uh, Matthew six twelve. Uh, we said a version of this in our uh, in our Lord's Prayer this morning. But, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Uh, this makes terrible policy for empire. Like, if I'm trying to run a means of extraction of wealth, if I'm trying to consolidate patents, power if i'm trying to subjugate other people like this is not the way to do it like 
forgiving our debts, like, that's how we make the money. Like, <laughs> um, and then I, I have a one last slide. My, my friend Mark Van Steenwick, um, long-term long friend, but <clears throat> he says, if you're going to build an empire, the Sermon on the Mount makes for poor policy. Therefore, if you want to exploit Christianity for imperial myths, you have to marginalize Jesus. And so going back to our starting text this morning, the text we start out with, you know, go therefore and do all, or showing them all that I have commanded. Like, this is what Jesus is commanding. This is the, the way, uh, the way that I have outlined for you, as Clarence Jordan says. This is a very different way than this text is usually used. It's, it's usually, at least in my experience, used as a bit of a club. Um, and I think it would look very different if we were to share this outline with, with if, if our evangelism was less about kind of strong arming someone intellectually, if it was less about a, uh, uh, a, a threat, if instead it was an invitation to a better way of life, um, an invitation to a way that doesn't crush people, um, an invitation to a way that allows people to make mistakes and still be able to get back up when they're done. That's a very different, that is a very different invitation. And one that would be very different if we are taking it to the ends of the earth. If we're taking, and it's one, it's one that doesn't allow us to, you know, the kind of power that often the church has exacted out of ourselves and others. I think that's good news. I think it is good news that Jesus offers us another way of life and invites us to include as many people as we can in that. And I think it's also good news that we don't have to spend our time figuring out how the in-group and out-group, like who, who is in, who is out. I, I can think that uh, certain people who work for the U.S. Empire out of Washington, D.C. are very unchristlike. They're, they're, if they claim to be Jesus's followers, that is between them and Jesus. For me, like, the Sermon on the Mount is good news and good policy, but not one you can build an empire on. And that's what I got. So, my, my benediction to you today, Access Church, is may you go forth and share the good news of canceling debts, the good news of letting go of your bitterness at your neighbor and to share that with others. 
to invite them to the party. Amen.